Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Rape gang jailed while hordes still roam the streets. Now, I bet you you said to yourself, uh, <laughs> roaming the streets in the U.S.? Well, just wait. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I am Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you are Terrorist Therapist. And today I'm going to be talking to you about something that is, is hard to believe is true. And if you just uh, read the American media, you would not likely come across it. It's, it's so well hidden. But there are gangs raping, Muslim gangs, raping thousands of young girls, some as young as 11 in the UK. Now, you may have heard about um, the attack in, well, they didn't call it an attack per se, but you may have heard on New Year's Eve a couple of years ago in Germany, the immigrants there uh, uh, were, were raping women in hordes. And we did hear about that, I think, because it was New Year's Eve and because immigrants in Germany were, you know, flooding into Germany was kind of a topic in the news. But this, what's been going on in the UK has been, um, has been hidden. That's all I can say. And why the United, the bottom line to this is not only why the UK uh, authorities aren't doing more to fix this problem, but why isn't America stepping in and saying that these are abuses that should not be tolerated? These are civil rights abuses of these little girls, these young girls, as I said, as young as 11, and most of them are young teens, um, why are we not speaking up about how horrendous that is? Well, now, the reason why I'm talking about this today is because there was, in fact, a, a, um, a trial that did uh, put some of these rapists in jail. That just happened. Uh, in fact, the title of the article about this was Oxford Rape Gang, which abused young teenage girls in shag wagon jailed. So um, this is six men who were just jailed for the grooming and rape of six Oxford teenage girls in crimes against children that the judge called sinister and predatory. That is somewhat of an understatement. Now, when you think, now this is happening in a number of cities in the UK, and I'll talk about other ones too, but Oxford, you know, that's the same city of the uh, world-respected university in Oxford. This is happening. Um, they were, these particular men were convicted of preying on six vulnerable teens. At the time, the teens were aged 13 to 17. This went on from 1998 to 2005. Now, just think of this. This is 2018, and they are first being convicted and jailed, uh, you will hear why uh, these things are taking so long and actually not happening at all for most of the cases. They, um, these six men subjected these teens to hundreds of episodes of sexual abuse. 
And um, they brought the victims into the group of this ring of sexual abusers um, by making them, they made them a part of the group through flattery, making them feel a sense of belonging and giving them alcohol and drugs. Now, um, I would, I would uh, bet that many of these girls, if not all of these girls, uh, had fathers, had broken homes without fathers, because that's what happens. That happens all over the world, that when people, when parents get divorced and the father doesn't continue to pay attention or be in the girl's life, they seek out attention from men, and that makes them vulnerable to sexual predators. Uh, who flatter them and, and know just how to twist them around their finger. Before the girls know what's happening to them, they um, wind up in this ring of sexual exploiters. Now, the reason why it's called the shag wagon, and you know what, the, um, the, that's a very, that's a British way of saying um, sexual intercourse. Um, so most of these uh, hundreds of instances of abuse took place in a black Nissan Serena with a license plate ending in SHG. So they called it the shag wagon. Uh, they would pick up the girls, have sex with them, dump them. Most of these things happened in this car. They would bring them to the car. And one of the girls um, told the court that she was used as a sexual object by Assad Hussein, um, who was sentenced to life imprisonment. Then there was another man, Moinil Islam, who was jailed for 15 years and nine months after having um, one child completely at his mercy. So there are Muslim Pakistani origin rape gangs operating in lots of cities in the UK, Rochdale, Rotherham, Telford, and they target mostly white girls. Sometimes they get some little bit of media attention in the UK, but, um, and this isn't the first one to have been convicted in Oxford, but the number of the people who get uh, arrested and convicted are so small compared to how many are out there grooming and raping girls. In 2013, there were seven members of a rape gang who were found guilty of grooming and raping girls, some as young as 11. And uh, this was in Oxford as well. And then there was a 2015 case that found, well, a 2015 case review that found that 370 white British girls may have been exploited, raped, and abused from 1999 to 2014 in Oxfordshire. Um, and that these, these men were mainly of Pakistan uh, heritage. And um, then, you know, in all of these cities, although, as I said, although there have been a few that have been um, arrested and convicted, the vast majority is still, are still out there raping and, and, and grooming and raping girls. Um, there, another example, another city that was mentioned is Telford. And what happens is when people report, the whistleblowers who report about these things, they get into trouble. So there was a police chaplain and a charity worker who were forced out of their jobs and silenced after they tried to raise the alarm about what was happening in Telford. Uh, 
there were a thousand victims, a thousand victims, a thousand girls who were uh, groomed and raped in this particular city, Telford. And um, this was, these gangs were operating for 40 years, drugging, beating, trafficking, raping non-Muslim girls. Again, some as young as 11. I mean, look at that, 40 years, over a thousand victims. I mean, <laughs> where, where are the authorities? Where are the police? Then there was also, there also people had been murdered. Three girls were murdered and two others died following incidents linked to their abuse. Others were left addicted to drugs and scarred. Um, what happens is they, the perpetrators turn this around and um, can say that the girls are prostitutes. In other words, instead of claiming it, and the police are... Um, are collude in this, that they agree, they go along with calling the girls prostitutes instead of be rape victims. And so there was a woman who was working for this sex abuse charity, this is just an example, called Access Counseling, and she was forced to resign after she spoke out. And the key was the charity was funded by the police. And so they feared that they would lose money from the police if they spoke out about these incidents that are being ignored by the police. And then there's a man, Keith Osmond Smith, who's a police chaplain. He was suspended after he told a newspaper um, that, about this report that revealed social workers knew of the sex crimes in 2000 and earlier. So it's all, all this is about a cover-up. Um, and the, there was a government report, good, a lot of good this did, but there was a government report that acknowledged that political correctness, a culture of fear and intimidation, and concerns about accusations of racism allowed these mainly Muslim gangs to get away with their crimes. So in other words, because of political correctness, the police are not clamping down on these instances of rape. Now, it, it, it's, it's, just, um, it's just really hard to believe the, the numbers and the years that these things have been going on make it really hard to believe. Well, uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about these horrendous examples. And, um, and later on, I'm going to be talking about one man who has stuck his neck out and who actually may, finds himself now in jail uh, after speaking out and um, has been put into a Muslim, um, particularly Muslim populated jail where he is likely to be killed. Horrendous rapes, thousands of young girls going on for 40 years in some places by gangs of Muslim men, um, Pakistan, mostly Pakistani, and that have been overlooked for 40 years. And it's, of course, it's getting worse. I mean, you know, back in the day, uh, it was not at the levels as it is now uh, because of immigration and because we have become, well, the UK has become and the US has become uh, so much more politically correct. Now, you might be wondering why I talk sometimes on these podcasts about things happening in the UK. Like the um, last time I was talking about these uh, girl power in the, the this family of um, a two sisters and a mother who became terrorists, the first all-girl te terrorist cell in the UK. 
um, at least the, to be detected and convicted. Um, and why that, why I'm talking about it so much is because these horrendous things that are happening in the UK are only a hair's breadth from happening in the US. You know, do not, do not feel complacent that, oh, that's too bad. That's happening over there. That's happening in the, in the UK and Germany. You know, there are things, France, there are horrible terrorist things happening. Um, that's, that's in, you know, that we're sorry for those people, but that doesn't affect me. Well, think again. Um, the terrorists do not only want to do these kinds of things in, the, in Europe. Um, they are just making their way through Europe uh, in hordes. And believe me, they are, they are already, many of them are already in the U.S., and many others are trying to come in here. So um, even, if, even if there were, even if no other um, people with these same ideas, and I'm certainly not saying in the U.S. that all, or even in the U.K., that all Muslims are terrorists or all Muslims are rapists. I, I guess I should make that clear. I am not saying that. But what I am saying is that of these, these gangs, these rape gangs, they are um, Muslims, mostly from Pakistan, and they are being overlooked. Uh, they are being allowed to continue doing what they're doing, except for a few picked up here and there. Um, because of, of political correctness. And so, um, you know, it, it, they are not the only rapists in the world, but because of political correctness, they are getting a free pass. So let me go on and tell you um, some examples of what some of these victims have said. Uh, there was, um, there were victims in Telford. Again, Telford is a big, a big spot for this um, kind of activity. And they, um, these 12 victims that the newspaper, The Mirror, spoke to, accused more than 70 men of grooming in Telford. And there was a 14-year-old, listen to this, who said that she had become pregnant twice and had two abortions during the time that she was being groomed and abused. And she says, quote, hours after my second termination, in other words, second abortion, I was taken by one of my abusers to be raped by more men. Night after night, I was forced to have sex with multiple men in disgusting takeaways and filthy houses. I must have been getting the morning, pill, the morning after pill from a local clinic at least twice a week, but no one asked any questions. I was told that if I said a word to anyone, they'd come for my little sisters and tell my mom I was a prostitute. Then they talked to another victim, Lucy Lowe, who is, was 16. And um, she was, well, no, they, they, they didn't talk. Well, let's see. Well, I don't think they talked to her because she unfortunately was killed um, alongside her mother and sister after her abuser, who it was named Azar Ali Mahmoud, uh, he's 26 years old, and he set fire to their house. He was a taxi driver, and he began targeting Lucy and her sister. In 1997, she gave birth to his child when she was just 14. Then he was jailed for murder, but he was never arrested or charged with any child sex abuse crimes. So in other words, if he hadn't set fire to their home and killed them, 
he would have gotten away with all of the rape. So um, the killings, these kinds of acts are used by the rapists, the gangs, to intimidate other girls, you know, telling them that if, um, if, you, don't, if you don't go along with us um, and, and if you tell on us, um, this could happen to you. It's, you know, it's, it's a combination of finding girls who are vulnerable because um, they are not apparently, you know, obviously if these girls were being paid attention to enough at home, um, both by their fathers and their mothers, uh, their parents would notice that something was amiss. I mean, this, this doesn't, and, and certainly the rapists know how to target girls, as I was saying before, particularly girls who have been abandoned by their fathers and uh, in so many homes these days all over the world um, are, home, are fatherless. So there are easier pickings these days. Um, and the, it's a combination of using intimidation and using um, you know, flattery and using, you know, making them feel like they belong to something, make them feel, making them feel loved, even though, of course, rape is not love. But to a girl who is lonely, and uh, I mean, obviously they did not like it. I certainly am not saying that. They describe these things in horrendous terms, but, but they kind of get in over their heads before they realize what's going on, and then they get all these threats, and they know that people have been killed by these rape gangs, so it's not just an idle threat. Well, thank goodness there is uh, one person who... Uh, is, we certainly need a lot more than one, but um, there is one person in uh, the UK who has been getting a lot of attention for his trying to bring attention to these rape gangs. Um, the only problem is that he now sits in jail. He, um, his name is Tommy Robinson, and he was just moved to a heavily Muslim populated prison. Now, let me tell you who um, Tony Robinson is. He's, uh, some people think that he is just a headstrong fool who deserves the 13 month prison sentence that he has gotten, um, even though it was handed down to him in rather murky circumstances. And other people think that he is the bravest man in Britain, the voice of the people, because he is, um, he, you know, his crime, what's being considered a crime, is saying what the establishment is um, still thinking, some in the establishment, you know, um, some authorities still consider to be unsayable, but that you're not supposed to talk about the dangers posed by Islam. So depending upon which side you're on, you would see him as um, one extreme or the other. But he is a very well-informed man. Um, he is not, you know, though some people would say he's racist. People who know him well say that he's not. But that, and he's very well-informed on the Quran and the Hadith. Um, some say that even more than most than some Muslims better informed. Um, and he's also 
as informed on Muslim extremism as the police and the intelligence services. This is by, this is not me who's saying this, this is by people in the UK who know him and who aren't afraid to say this. He has a family, he's a devoted family man. He, although he would love to see his kids grow up, he has long since realized that if he keeps speaking out for what's right, this may not happen. Now, I think he said this um, before he was put in this jail. This, this just happened. Um, before he was put in jail where there was this mainly Muslim population, which um, is very dangerous, obviously, to someone who has been speaking out against them and notably against uh, their, their gangs of rapists. Um, he, he admits to having had, in his background, when he was younger, um, he had a history of violence, but he, he's, you know, this, he says that this is not unusual for a white working class football fan. And he did have a little stint in prison for mortgage fraud. But um, now this is a much more, he's did some things that really angered people a lot more stood up for what he believed in more and um, gave the justice system the excuse they needed to put him in jail. Now, um, you may not have heard of Tommy Robinson. I actually never heard of him. Before I went to um, London um, in January, I went there because my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror, won the London book festival award and i went there to receive the award and uh to do book signings and to contribute books to the manchester library and so on and so while i was there of course i was reading the newspapers and that's where i first came across the name tommy robinson again it is he is he's totally famous or infamous depending upon how you look at it in in the uk so the fact that there is so little written about him um, in America, so buried in the mainstream media, uh, or even, you know, even if it's to the extent that it's even in the mainstream media, it was not on Google News, I can tell you that. Um, and the fact that, uh, that Tommy Robinson was moved to this heavily Muslim populated prison, which just happened. Um, so as I will continue to tell you about him, his, his actual name is Stephen Yaxley Lennon. Um, and so, but he, um, and it said that his critics like to call him by his, his given name because Tommy Robinson sounds too friendly and lovable. Can you, can you believe that? Um, I mean, that's the, 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 uh, that's what the critics are doing, not himself. Um, so anyhow, he first began getting into trouble in regard to these, this epidemic of rapists uh, last year in May, so a year ago, when he was found guilty of contempt of court because there was a trial of a, a gang, a rape gang in Canterbury uh, in the UK. And he was outside, you know, there was, a, there was a rule, a law, I guess, that you can't film defendants um, 
in these kinds of trials. And Tommy went to, uh, stood outside the courthouse and he uh, filmed the defendants outside, you know, this Muslim rape gang uh, outside their trial. And the judge threatened him, you know, said, you're not supposed to do that. And he gave him a sentence of three months uh, that was put aside, but, but the, the judge warned him that if he does it again, this will, he will have to serve the three months. So, uh, let me see. The judge says, I'm, I'm quoting what the judge said. In short, Mr. Yaxley Lennon, turn up at another court, refer to people as Muslim pedophiles, Muslim rapists, and so forth, while trials are ongoing and before there has been a finding by a jury that that is what they are, and you will find yourself inside. Do you understand? Well, I think he understood the words, but he felt strongly enough about this horrendous epidemic um, that he did it again. And he stood outside um, another trial and filmed them. So, um, you know, he finds it that it's just so unbelievable that the authorities are turning their backs on these girls because they were afraid that they would be accused of racism. And, um, you know, and, and political correctness and so on. And um, it, it's been, it's, they're, the, um, it's been written that we're, we're talking about the, the report says, a report says, we're talking the systematic rape of thousands upon thousands, mostly underage white and Sikh girls in towns and cities across Britain by gangs of mostly Muslim men. Many of the victims were tortured. Some were even killed. All suffered trauma, misery, and scarred life. Now, in this particular report, it's saying that it happened over at least the last 20 years and um, was perpetrated so fragrant, flagrantly by so many offenders against so many victims. I mean, so yes, Tommy <laughs> Robinson found it hard to just let that go. So he, um, again, um, you know, spoke out about it. He was jailed last month for the, the breach of the peace because he live streamed a trial involving a Muslim rape gang outside Leeds Crown Court. So this was a different court. And um, originally they put him in a, in a low security prison, prison where there was a low population of Muslims and then they moved him to another prison just now that has a large Muslim population. And um, he had been, he's already been subjected to Muslim prisoners banging on cell walls and threatening to kill him since he arrived at the jail. I mean, like, obviously he is their number one enemy. Uh, he's now held on the main wing of the jail in the general population. Now, I, I, if you know anything about jails, prisons, um, the general population is a very dangerous place to be. It's very, there are a lot of people compared to the number of guards. It's, it's a sort of a free-for-all. Um, and this, in this particular general population that he is in, it's filled with people who don't like him. Um, 
so, so it's basically a death sentence. Now, also, there's a report that a fatwa was issued against Tommy Robinson by an imam within 24 hours of him being transferred to the new prison. So now not only is it just as you might expect that because he's spoken out about all these Muslim rape gangs that of course Muslims in jail or prison would not be happy with him and would be you know, trying to kill him um, just on their own, but now we have the fatwa. So the person who ends up killing him will be famous. He'll be a martyr. He'll get all kinds of attention because he's the one who, who fulfilled the fatwa. Now, as an example, in this prison, um, or, um, yes, I think it probably was this prison. It's not really clear. But in 2016, there was a man who was put in jail for leaving bacon outside of a mosque in Bristol. And he was found dead in a jail halfway through his prison sentence. And then when they did an investigation, they claimed that this man died of a drug overdose, when obviously it was that he was killed. So, you know, you never, um, it's very hard to find out the truth of what happens behind prison walls. And so it's a really dangerous time now for Tommy Robinson. And, you know, there are more people, um, people, who talk against Tommy Robinson than who are demanding that the government do something about this, these years of epidemic of, of thousands of girls being raped. And that part, you know, everybody's focusing on Tommy Robinson when they should be focusing on this ongoing epidemic of the rape of young girls. Now, you know, I, I find this really just almost incredible, hard to believe that this could be going on at such, I mean, I do believe it. I don't need to, I, I'm not, there's no, there's no question that it's true, but, but, but it's so sad and it's so scary to think that a government could allow this kind of thing to continue. And as I was saying before, what's really scary is that if you think that we're immune to this, this, would, this could never happen here, right, in the United States, well, we would have said that 9-11 could never happen here, and yet it did. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.